Welcome to Let the Boys Kiss, the creation of queer ships, where we ask the question, is it queer baiting, queer coding, or queer canon? This week, we're still discussing Dean and Castiel from Supernatural. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kelsey. We ran long. We did. One. And we knew this was also going to take a, a bit of time to work through, I think. Yes, we have a lot of thoughts, I think is probably fair. So where we left it is we've, we talked through some of season 15, but we have not gotten to the final three episodes of the season. So episodes 15, 18 through 15, 20. And I think... We should do a run through of them and we'll discuss our thoughts kind of as we go, but get to a more, you know, global discussion analysis. Yeah. yeah. After we finish those. Yeah. So we, we pretty much set up the casting relationship. Let's, let, let's see how the writers paid it off. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the context of the people watching the show is like, nobody expected there to ever really be any Canon Dean cast stuff right because I feel like this show was talked about for ever <laughs> as like a show that was either intentionally or not queer baiting there was a lot of narrative about Dean and Cass and the nature of their relationship but I don't think there was ever a real popular idea that it would become a canon relationship so even though they we've talked about all the stuff they're setting up how did it pay off what's going on in episode 18 Okay, so what's happening in episode 18 is, you know, I think as we discussed in the episode 15 setup, they are trying to kill Chuck, who is God. Yep. Um, and basically, death is also in the show. There's been multiple deaths. Death at this point is named Billy. Yes. Death has books of how everyone dies or everyone's potential deaths. And they want to be able to read God's death book, but only death can read God's death book. Only death can even open God's death book. Right. So they try to attack death and death isn't happy about it. So death is coming to kill Dean. And then as you said, I think we get something that fans did not expect. So as we mentioned in the last episode earlier, I don't remember if it was this season or the last, but Castiel made this deal with the empty where in order to save Jack, he promised himself, but he wouldn't be taken until he had achieved, you know, his ultimate happiness. Mm -hmm. And everyone, when that happened, was like, what could that mean? What would Cass's happiness be? And we're about to find out. So (laughs) strap in for, I guess we'll do like a dramatic reading of the scene. So they've barricaded themselves in a room, death's beating on the door, and Cass comes up with this idea. Do you want to be Cass or you want to be Dean? I'll be Dean. Do we need to do gravelly voices? <laughs> I don't think I can hold a gravelly voice for as long as it will take <laughs> okay. to do the cast speech, but you are more than welcome to gravelly okay. voice the Dean yeah, part. You have more lines. <laughs> yeah, Cass comes to this realization. He says, wait, there is, there's one thing she's afraid of. There's one thing strong enough to stop her. When Jack was dying, I made a deal to save him. Do what? <laughs> Yes, continue that. I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The price was my life. When I experienced a moment of true happiness, the empty would be summoned and it would take me forever. Why are you telling me this now? 
always wondered. Ever since I took that burden, the curse, I wondered what it could be, what my true happiness could even look like. I never found an answer because the one thing I want, it's something I know I can't have. But I think I know. I think I know now. Happiness isn't in the having. It's in just being. It's in just saying it. What are you talking about, man? (laughs) I know. I know how you see yourself, Dean. You see yourself the same way our enemies see you. You're destructive, and you're angry, and you're broken. You're daddy's blunt instrument. And you think that hate and anger, that's, that's what drives you. That's who you are. It's not. And everyone who knows you sees it. Everything you've ever done, the good and the bad, you've done for love. You raised your little brother for love. You fought for this whole world for love. That is who you are. You're the most caring man on earth. You're the most selfless, loving human being I will ever know. You know, ever since we met, ever since I pulled you out of hell, knowing you has changed me. Because you cared, I cared. I cared about you. I cared about Sam. I cared about Jack. I cared about the whole world because of you. You changed me, Dean. Why does it sound like a goodbye? Because it is. I love you. Don't do this, Cass. And then the goo of the empty comes through the wall and grabs a smiling, tearful Cass and pulls him into the empty. Right. But before that happens, he pushes Dean out of the way. And when they barricaded themselves in the room, Cass put a sigil on the door in his blood. And so he leaves a bloody handprint on Dean's jacket in a parallel when he, of course, gripped him tight and raised him from perdition. Yeah, I don't know if we talked to... I don't know if we talked about this in the last episode, but in the early seasons of Cass, Dean has this red handprint on his shoulder that is Cass's hand from where he literally gripped him tight. Apparently on the day of filming, they came up with the idea to do this parallel handprint because they loved the symbolism of it. And it did pay off. It looks great. It's good. Now, jokes of me doing a raspy voice aside, it is a beautiful (laughs) scene and Misha uh, Collins did a great job. In this scene. <laughs> yeah. So the very end of the episode is Dean just crying, sitting on the floor, and Sam is desperately calling him because in other plot events, everyone else on Earth has disappeared. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to get a hold of Dean to see if he's around. And Dean just ignores Sam's calls and sits there and cries in silence, I think. I don't think there's even any music. No. It's like a dramatic end yeah. of the episode. So... I don't know where to proceed from here. First, I'll say there were mixed reactions, I think, to the Dean side of this conversation Mm -hmm. uh, as it aired. I think because he obviously says very little, (laughs) as you just saw. And there's a difference of opinion about what the like facial expressions are telling you, as there always are when facial expressions are involved. So I guess... Do we want to say our ultimate reaction to the scene? Do we want to talk about what we read in the Jensen performance of Dean? Like, what do we think the scene is saying? I want to talk about your initial reaction to it. And then we can maybe dig into our reading of the scene. But we do want to pause here and really, like, talk about this. Because it's a huge moment. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, something that I think almost no one expected to ever happen on Supernatural. So I will say, when I first heard about it, it was kind of a weird, unconventional process because I did not just like watch it live with everyone when it happened and find out about it that way. For honestly, the last several seasons of Supernatural, I didn't watch them as they aired. I watched mm-hmm. them maybe when the season ended and binged the whole thing. But I 
I'm not a spoiler averse person, so I would often be seeing spoilers about what was happening in the season as it was airing and being like, oh, like, fun, I'll look forward to that. Or like, oh, that sounds dumb or whatever. But honestly, it was hard to avoid the, I I forget if it was the day night of or the day after this aired, but it was all over the internet that this Mm -hmm. had happened. So I found out about it from, I don't know, Tumblr or BuzzFeed or whatever the hell, like some internet source that Destiel had just gone canon on on uh, Supernatural the night before, which is like huge fucking news. So I watched the clip before I watched the episode. I'm pretty sure I told you about it when I heard yeah. about it. So you, I think, had also heard about it before either of us watched it months later because I didn't watch the episode in full until we were prepping for this episode. <laughs> My reaction at the time was shock, but like excitement because in my mind yes Cass dies immediately after and yeah a lot of people were like oh what a fucked up burying your gaze thing and Mm -hmm. I was like but it's supernatural like everybody dies and comes back on supernatural that's not weird and there are still two episodes of the season left and they wouldn't just leave this huge gaping narrative hole where one best friend confesses his love to another and then the other doesn't get to react and then just yeah. never close that, that would loop, be, right? That, that wouldn't make any sense. That would be bananas. Exactly. So I was like, there's so much time left. Clearly Cass is going to come back. They'll win their battle against God and summon him from the empty or whatever. And then Dean will get to respond. Like, I didn't know. I didn't have in my mind necessarily what I thought that response would be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, much as I never expected this to happen, I still think in my head I didn't expect them to, like, make out at the end or something like I don't know that that ever entered into my calculus for what was going to happen but I expected definitely the the Dean side of things like I wanted Dean to be able to give Castiel his I'm glad you're back from the death hug and say something to him right because that would make sense to me so what was your reaction when you saw it well I, like I, you said, I think you let me know about it. And I mm-hmm. was 100% with you. To be fair, right? I haven't kept up with the show since like 2013. But yeah. yes, just as a person who enjoys narratives. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Would you describe yourself that way? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, okay. I've, I've experienced a number of narratives over my lifetime. I have, I think, some sense of how a, a narrative should function. Just, you know generally i was like Mm -hmm. well of course they have to follow up because of course they have to follow up yeah it's the only thing that makes sense and also a trademark of supernatural is killing characters and bringing them back yeah so i don't think it ever entered death is not permanent on supernatural but also death is not permanent especially for dean and cass and sam specifically all died many times on the show Every yes. single one of those guys has died countless times and right. then brought back. So the fact that he got pulled into the empty, I was like, whatever. Yeah. It's going to was like, back. cool. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. But so I back. was 100% with you at that point. And then, you know, again, we watched it knowing what was going to happen in the next two episodes. And, you know, like I said, it really is a beautiful scene. I think it's interesting to hear that everyone was reading different things into Jensen's facial expression performance. Yeah. Because I didn't rewatch it with that in mind. And I think so in my mind is what happened afterwards that I like, I don't even know <laughs> what his facial expressions were made. Well, telling me. I think part of it is people 
have different readings on his facial expressions. There's also the issue of it had been mentioned by some of the actors that obviously his whole reaction didn't make it into the final cut. Like editing choices were made. Oh, okay. I'm sure things were shortened and tightened and whatever for airtime. Mm -hmm. I think some people got into their heads that if anything was cut, then maybe something incriminating was cut. And like Dean had said something in response that got cut out. Scripts that have been leaked have not borne that out. I don't think that there was ever him saying more to Cass. I think there probably were more emotional looking takes from him. There probably were, you know, different editorial choices that could have been made. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, and you can speak to, to your own opinion on this, but I was not ever surprised by Dean's lack of reaction in this moment. Like knowing Dean as a character and what's happening, it's incredibly overwhelming, right? Because yeah. you have these multiple things happening where Again, they're about to die, which for Dean is not that unusual of a situation, but like you have that. It still <laughs> impacts them every time it happens. Yeah. So they're both seemingly about to die. He's got that going on. Cass, his best friend, other than Sam, the most important person in his whole life, starts saying a bunch of stuff to him, unexpected stuff, validating stuff, which for Dean is like not easy to hear. <laughs> like right. his, his often people with low self-esteem are not good at taking compliments. So for someone to be like, you're, you're the most amazing, like, yeah, he's not going to. Yeah. All that of that stuff well. he's saying is like coming at him and he's like, what in the world are you talking about? Like, I'm a piece of shit. Everybody knows I'm a piece of shit. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then when he gets to the, why is this a goodbye moment? The like, oh, Cass is about to die, but maybe I'm not. Like, this is coming into his mind. And and the idea of Cass is somehow sacrificing himself for me, like, that's a lot to handle. And then the I love you, it's like, I. it all makes perfect sense to me that Dean is sort of just like, uh, 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 and can only come up with, don't do this. <laughs> because he's like, this is not a moment he ever thought he would be living through or wanted to be living through. And I don't think that that necessarily is him being like, please don't say you love me because that's awkward for me. No homo. Like I, that, <laughs> yeah. That's never how I read the scene. I think it's just too much for him to compute. I think you're right. I think, yeah, if the, if the subsequent two episodes had been different, I think we could definitely read that reaction of he's overwhelmed. And I think that's borne out right by his final reaction to everything, which is just to sit on the floor, head in his hands, sobbing, ignoring his phone, which is pretty right. like a pretty intense, overwhelmed yeah, it's reaction. certainly not him being like, phew, glad that's over. Yeah. <laughs> How awkward was that that Cass just said he loves me? Yes, the ending was not him wiping his brow going like, yoinks. <laughs> glad the empty arrived when it did, am I right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's colored by the subsequent two episodes well yes obviously. obviously but all we can like if we're keeping ourselves to this moment i think the moment plays all everything that happens in the moment makes sense to me no i think that's a very fair reading of his reaction to the whole situation and it's not like dean is good with his emotions under no. the best of circumstances <laughs> if, if they weren't about to die if none of that was happening if it was a random tuesday and Cass was like dean I gotta get this off my chest. I've been holding it in for too long. And he said all those exact things about how wonderful Dean was and how he was in love with him. I think Dean's reaction would have been similar. <laughs> like, I right. don't, and I don't think that necessarily speaks to him being like, ew, you're in love with me or like, gross, you're a boy. Or, you know, like, I don't think any of that has to play into it. It just, Dean as a character to me is not someone who would ever take a heartfelt confession of love 
well. (laughs) So it doesn't shock me. But we've said many times now, what happens in the subsequent episodes colors our reading of this episode. So let's talk about what happens in the subsequent episodes. So basically, right, they do still have to defeat God because he's caused everyone on the planet to disappear. Yeah, he is uh, pretty so intense. I don't, we didn't really get into this in the earlier <laughs> episode, but like what's happening with God in this season is it becomes clear, as we discussed, that he has been more responsible for all of their actions than they ever anticipated. But he's kind of just started to get bored with them. He's frustrated that these versions of Dean and Cass and Sam don't do exactly what he wants them to do. He's built all of these other worlds. He has like many different multiverses of, you know, different versions of Dean and Cass and Sam. And he's had all manner of things happen to them. As we saw Apocalypse World, where, you know, the two of them didn't stop the apocalypse. There's hundreds or thousands or endless numbers of those where he's been writing his little stories, not liking the endings, destroying those worlds when he gets tired of them. And obviously because the show is centered around these Dean, Cass, and Sam, these are the ones who have decided to wrest back control of their own destiny from him and he doesn't take it well. So God is like throwing these various tantrums, trying to fuck with them. So we've gotten to a point where he literally has removed every person from the world other than Dean, Sam, and Jack, because Cass is already gone now. So they definitely need to defeat God. Yeah. How do they go about it? Well, Dean does tell Sam and Jack, the only two remaining people on the planet, that Cass is dead, and he's surprisingly chill about it. Yeah, so you're left with this question of, like, what the fuck happened between the end of the 18th episode and the beginning of the 19th? Because... Jack and Sam have been off together. Obviously, they can't get a hold of Dean at the end of 18 because he's just crying and not answering his phone. It's seemingly maybe the next morning or something when they all see each other again because they meet somewhere, not the bunker. And Dean gets out of his car and they're all like, whoa, how weird that there are no people, right? This is crazy. And then (laughs) they're kind of like, where's Cass? And Dean goes, Cass is gone. (laughs) And almost just leaves it at that, right? Which is like... I think they're probably going to have some questions because Sam and Jack are both also very close to Cass. Jack views him as his father (laughs) and Sam views him as one of his best friends. But Dean, he's mostly chill about it, but like in his Dean way where he's like, we're not talking about it. Right. But he's not season 13 when Cass died upset about it. When he couldn't even say his name, right? That he was dead. He's not quite there. So I guess you're left... In the moment, wondering, like, okay, I mean, he's just doing a really good job repressing right now, I guess. Like, very he, shut down. Right. He's even more shut down than he was in season 13. So maybe he's just pretending it's not happening. <laughs> and that's yeah. how he's going to get through. So they, they do their plot stuff. There's This is a very plot wrap up y episode 19. So, you know, there's like a spell involved. There's a yada, yada, yada plot. Supernatural stuff. Supernatural stuff. At one point, In the episode, they are sitting on the ground in the bunker like, man, we're never going to be able to figure this out or whatever. And Dean gets a call on his phone that says it's from Castiel. And he Mm -hmm. answers and it's Cass's voice saying, Dean, I'm here. I'm outside the front door. You got to come let me in. And Dean runs up the stairs. There's dramatic music playing in the background. (laughs) He runs up, opens the door to the bunker, and it's freaking Lucifer on the other side. (laughs) 
They've kept that alive in the episode, right? That clearly, even though he's pretending he's fine, maybe he's not that fine because he's still thinking about Cass and worried about Cass and right. people are using Cass to manipulate him in the episode. And I think as we're going through the episode, we're like, okay, he's, we know he's a repressed character. Also, like the plot stuff is very heavy right now. Yeah. But at a certain point, we expect him at some point in the episode to do some processing again, knowing there's two episodes left. So we, right. as much as we have time after Cass's death to bring him back and resolve it, we don't have like infinite time. Right. So you're, I think you're thinking, cause so much plot is happening. Maybe you're thinking like he's waiting to defeat God and then he'll deal with it then. Like yes. maybe that's the, the thing that's happening. So they do plot, 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 supernatural stuff. They end up defeating God and the way that they do it, is Jack all of a sudden finds out that he can absorb power. You're seeing that in the episode because he's like walking by plants and the plants are just withering as he walks by them. And at the time, you're supposed to be thinking like, oh no, does this mean Jack is bad news? He's dead? Things are just shriveling up around him? No, he's like sucking the life force out of stuff accidentally. So in this big battle they have, they piss off God. God kicks their asses. And in the course of this, he's releasing all of his godly powers. Jack is absorbing his godly powers. And then Jack becomes powerful enough to just steal all the God power out of Chuck, leave Chuck human. And now he's God. Jack is God. Right. And so Chuck, you know, gives his speech, tries to piss off the boys, is like, oh, I guess this is a fitting end for me that Dean, the ultimate killer, is going to finally kill me. And Dean, to him, after this speech from Cass about how he thinks he's a killer, but really he's all about love, that whole speech says to Chuck in the moment, that's not who I am. And he doesn't kill him. And they decide to leave him human because that's the ultimate punishment for him to have to live in his creation as one of these humans that he so despises. Yes. So you're like, okay, that's another nice moment where we're keeping Cass alive. The memory of him is around. Dean has been thinking about the speech. Yeah. That's nice to know. And as a wrap up to the plot of how to defeat God, fine. Yeah, I think it works. That narrative... Great. They needed to defeat God. They did it in a, you know, satisfying and cool way. And now Jack is God. So what is that going to mean for the universe? Right. This is, for me, the exact moment when things go off the rails. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is is the turning point where you're like, oh, no, we've taken a wrong direction. We were supposed to go one way on the track and now we're headed towards... A cliff, it seems. <laughs> yeah, we're we're off the track now <laughs> and careening towards a cliff. And and the reason is because Jack becomes God. Mm-hmm. I think you all know what God is. All powerful, <laughs> right? Could yeah. do anything in the whole goddamn universe. You think back in your mind to the Dean of the beginning of season 13 that we just recently experienced where Cass is dead. And what does he immediately do when Cass is dead? Call out to God to fix it. God, you have to bring him back. That's the first thing he does, right? (laughs) Say like He prays to Chuck, who he does not have a good relationship with. He has a terrible relationship with Chuck, but he prays to him anyway to bring Cass back because it's the only thing he can think to do to get Cass back. When Jack, who he does have a good relationship with, is basically like a son figure to him, becomes God, all-powerful God, in my mind, I'm like, great. The first words out of Dean's mouth are going to be, Jack, you're God. Bring Cass back. Yeah. (laughs) 
you could do anything. And the first thing you should do is bring back Cass, who we all love. He's so important to us. He's my best friend and he's your father figure. <laughs> Won't you be bringing him back now from the empty? All of these are words that could have come out of Dean's mouth. What actually happens when Jack becomes God? Not much. He's just like, I'm in every raindrop and I'll see you guys later. <laughs> and Sam and Dean are like, cool. He does bring back all the people. That's he true. brings back all of the people that God has killed. Or not even killed. Who Disappeared. Knows what God did with them. Yeah. yeah. He undisappears all of the people that God got rid of. And then, yeah, they sort of stand around in the sun. And yeah, it's like, I think I'm going to be pretty hands off as a God, right? I'm just going to let everything go as it wants to go. You guys do you. It'll all be good. And, you know, I'm in every raindrop, as you said. And that's the fucking end of the episode. Dean and Sam don't say anything about Cass. Yep. Which is unexpected. Uh-huh. Where? What was your headspace having finished the 19th episode? Uh, it was, you know, okay, we're headed towards this cliff. It's not great. I mean, we do have one episode left. Yeah. But- and a lot could happen in sure. an episode. We could still get somewhere we want to be or just stop. We could like, you know, friction could work its magic. I mean, we're not fully going off the cliff. I don't know. But no, I mean, it's it's shocking that Dean is not, A, they're processing his emotions in any way that he just at the beginning was like, Cass is dead. Okay, moving on, because that's out of character. But also, like we said, Sam and Dean and Cass have died multiple times, right, throughout the course of the show. And no matter what is happening, the immediate reaction is we have to figure out how to bring this person back. That is like one of the defining character traits across all three of these characters. So for that not to be honestly, both Sam and Dean's reaction, Sam, Dean and Jack's reaction is bizarre. The, the confession notwithstanding. Right. Well, I guess you can't really leave out the confession because it's hard to imagine the confession is not, affecting these things but it's surprising that it would be affecting them in a way where dean is less likely to want to try to save him i agree with you like it's weird that he doesn't have that initial reaction obviously they've all died they've all been brought back there's been a running thing on the show of like maybe it's bad that we keep bringing each other back maybe we should stop doing that but then like they never really do stop doing that and I could see this moment actually reminds me of when Lucifer is in Cass's body mm-hmm. and Sam and Dean are having this fight between themselves about what to do about this because there's a bigger issue, right? They need, I think they're still fighting God at that point. So Sam's first priority is to use Lucifer and Cass's vessel to defeat their enemy and then worry about getting Lucifer out of Cass's vessel. And right. Dean's priority is to get Lucifer out of Cass's vessel, save Cass, then worry about defeating their enemy however they need to do that. And I could see in my mind there being a situation where this happens and Dean is like, we have to get Cass back right away. It's priority number one. And Sam's like, killing God is priority number one. Like, we got to do that first and then let's worry about Cass, right? I could see that conflict happening with them. But for Dean to not mention it, for Sam to not mention it, for it to seemingly not be on either of their minds (laughs) is not the show I've been watching for 15 years. Like, I just don't recognize this characteristic of them. There's nothing to explain why no one is trying to get him back. Yes. 
it's confusing. But the terrible thing then, right, is if you read the ending of 518 and his lack of reaction of him being like, oh, no, this is awkward now. I don't want this. 519 is not going to help your perception of that. It very easily reads as Dean being like, well, now I don't have to deal with that. Great. I mean, he was my best friend, but then he was gay in love with me. Gross. Gross. No, thank you. <laughs> Let's just leave him in the empty and then I'll never have to deal with it. Yeah, Which, bad. yeah, you're right. It could definitely be read that way. <laughs> bad it's bad but also right yeah for these characters not the characters because you're right as much as they've, they've constantly been like don't bring me back no one ever listens so like what it's not like Cass said don't bring me back either why is it doesn't make sense we're no, ready yeah, we're ready not making sense Cass wasn't leaving going like Dean make sure you don't try to get me back from the empty all it's my dying wish that you not try to bring me back right. <laughs> I don't understand yeah, so we're careening towards a cliff. But hey, we got we got we got one a episode whole episode, left. and we've like in sort of a strange way for an ending of a show have wrapped up the entire plot of the season an episode before the finale, right? So you're yeah. thinking like, all right, it's weird they didn't mention cast, but maybe the last episode's going to be all about wrapping up their emotional arcs and dealing yeah. with the character stuff, and mm-hmm. that'll be when they bring cast back because then they can really devote enough time to the conversation that they're going to have and they can do something great with the ending for Sam and Eileen's relationship and they can figure out how Jack's going to emotionally react to being God, right? Because he was never really supposed to be God. He was yeah. just supposed to be this kid with a lot of powers and maybe he could do good for the world. But how is he dealing with the fact that he's God now? Who saw that coming? We could have spent all of this time dealing with those things. And so you get your plot wrap up and then your emotional wrap up. Yeah, it could totally work. So is that what happens? Uh, no. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 1520 starts uh-huh. and we're still like, okay, what's this going to be? And the episode opens with our boys in the bunker, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess they're looking for a case or something. Or maybe they're looking for something to get cast back. That would be good. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> if they're sitting there on their computers, you're thinking maybe this is the researching how to get him back from the empty phase of things. But that hope is quickly dashed. Yeah. Because Sam's like, you found anything? And Dean's like, oh, yeah, I found something. We're like, okay, what is like, it? Oh, my God. Is it something to get cast out of the empty? Maddie, what is it? Uh, it's a pie festival. They're going to go to a pie festival. <laughs> okay. Uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but Dean does love pie. He does. Uh, that's a, an important part of his character. Yeah. He loves pie. He loves his car. Seasons. We thought uh-huh. he loved Cass, but we'll uh-huh. find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, and you're like, okay, pie, got it. Maybe not the tone I was expecting for this episode, given where we left things at the end of the last one, but like, uh-huh. okay. Um, sure. Great. So they go to the pie festival and Dean orders... Like a lot of pie, because he eats a lot of pie all the he time. pie, yeah. And so you're like, okay, he's he's burying his emotions, I guess, like like real deep. Uh-huh. Uh, they're real deep, they, but I assume they're under there somewhere. And not Dean, but Sam, in this scene where they're eating the pie, says to Dean, like, hey, man, doesn't it feel kind of weird that Cass is in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's Dean's reaction? It's like, yeah, it's too bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, 
yeah, he's like, oh, mm, funny you mentioned that. Like, uh, I guess I wasn't thinking about it at all. But now that you've brought it up, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's kind of sad. I guess it's kind of sad that Cass is dead. But you know, uh, he's dead, and and dead stuff is is just dead, and, and uh, no one's ever come back from that. I mean, there's nothing we can do. Bummer. But like, at least there's pie, right? Like, pie is equivalent to my feelings for Cass. Like, uh, it's, yeah. this definitely makes up. For Cass being gone and me not bothering to do anything about it. So then they find a case. Wait, wait, before that, I forgot about this. This is in an outline. Continuing the tonal weirdness. That scene ends with Sam pieing Dean. Forgot about that as well. <laughs> um, little goofy. Little little bit of uh, levity, I guess, for your finale episode. They don't want you to spend too long thinking about that whole, ooh, Cass is gone. Ooh, bummer. I guess Cass is gone, but... Don't worry about it. Just uh, having fun. Pie and Dean were having a good old time. Hijinks are ensuing. And then they find a case. Now we're in the final episode, right? So they've had every manner of case they could possibly have over the course of these 15 seasons. You've seen every type of creature that could ever be hunted. You've seen every interesting genre twist different styles of episodes that are based on all sorts of cool movies you've seen types of monsters you've never even heard of before lore from all manner of sources and backgrounds and places around the world what are we hunting for this finale episode just some classic vampires Mm -hmm. is there something special about the vampires that makes them you know like worthy of uh our, our last episode here they do wear clown masks so that's now, um, something. Do they find it difficult to bite people through the clown masks? Well, um, luckily, they're kidnapping children to raise them for later. Gotcha. gotcha. Not a huge issue. Gotcha. Um, I guess but that makes sense. We do learn that the same pack of vampires from John Winchester's diary had been committing this crime. And we know it, of course, because 30 years ago or whatever, they also wore clown masks right that they purchased at party city clearly 30 years ago 30 years ago they're the same clown masks and um okay maybe we're like a little bit underwhelmed by this being the case for the finale but you know what could make it more interesting like a familiar face perhaps yeah yeah so they are fighting a vampire and they they get captured it happens. Mm-hmm. And one thing you could do in a finale to a show like this is is bring back some beloved characters, some beloved recurring characters. Yeah, you because, know? I mean, we've got 15 seasons of episodes, right? Yeah. There have been characters that only showed up in an episode that people really loved and talked about and wrote into their fix going forward. And then there are all of these various guest actors who we haven't seen in, like, years and years. And that could be cool to see them again. So who do they bring back? Jenny. Who's okay. a vampire they met in season one? Yeah. I think. We think. They'd show a flashback. It was enough for me when I was watching it to go, oh, I think I must have seen her before many seasons ago. Yeah. Guess she's back. But honestly, also, if it had been a different actress, they could have shown the flashback, and I'm not sure I would have noticed. Hell, it she's- might be a different actress. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. So they Um, brought back fan favorite Jenny. Jenny. And then they promptly decapitate her. Right. Because, I mean, what do we do with vamps? Uh, I like to think 
that they cast her and then she's like wow it's so great to be back and they're like what 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 do you mean back and she was like oh my god you guys you don't remember i was uh, in an episode in season one i was a vampire and they're like yeah. what are the odds we wanted you to be a vampire here too hey hey what if we call it out on the show They'll That'll be, be like fun. A little Easter egg for people to notice. Yeah. And then they, they did it. They named her Jenny. And in the editing process, they were like, no one's going to know who this is. So we should put in a flashback. We flash probably back. put in the, the clip. If we put in the clip, then people will definitely know. Uh, and they'll be and like, they'll oh, feel my God. Like, whoa, validated. Like, Jenny. oh, man, it's Jenny. <laughs> I've been wondering what happened to her for the last 14 oh, we years. We all have. So thank God they did that. I mean... <laughs> Really important stuff, guys. Fascinating stuff. So they decapitate Jenny. They're still fighting these other vampires. Uh, It's going all right, but not great. Because truly, over the last 15 years, they've never really gotten any better at fighting vampires. You find that they get thrown across across the room a lot when they're fighting creatures. and, And their weapons always get hit out of their hands a lot. When they're fighting creatures. Like uh, mittens. Yeah, they they haven't really come up with any solutions to these issues, which is interesting for people that have have literally defeated God and averted the apocalypse. But I mean, it is what it is. The show has its its trademarks. And one of them is that's how they fight vampires. They get thrown around a lot and then happen to get a lucky shot and take off the vampire heads so dean is fighting this one vampire and if you watch this you'll notice that they're really establishing this like large nail that seems to be sticking out of a a part of the barn that they're in they really focus in on that and you go showing it a fair amount yeah your your head's going it's kind of a Chekhov's gun situation like why are we seeing that so much and you might think oh dean's gonna push the vampire onto the nail you're like oh that looks like a great weapon for for impaling a vampire on I'm sure that's why they're showing it over and over again, right? But oh no, the vampire impales Dean on the nail. Dean gets impaled on the nail? That sucks. I mean, he's just a human, so that's probably gonna that's gonna hurt real bad. And he's he's gonna lose some blood. I mean, that's that's rough. But like, to be fair, he's Dean, right? Like he'll be fine, and he's survived so much worse than that over and over and over again. So, I, I mean, a, a little rusty nail, like, what's that going to do? He's our hero. He's the star of the show, right? So yeah. Sam knows first aid. He'll, he'll just patch him right up and everything yeah. will be fine. Is that what happens? No. Dean is like, I'm dying, Sammy. Let me talk to you for eight minutes. Don't try to take me down or call an ambulance. <laughs> I have to monologue. Mm-hmm. And she's not kidding when she says eight minutes. I watched this episode and the scene of him monologuing goes on for so long that I had to rewind the episode to see how long the scene was because I was thinking in my head, if Sam had just called 911 at the beginning of this, we'd be hearing sirens right now. They would be right around the corner. What does he use this eight minutes of time to say now that he's decided i guess this is how i go out says you know always knew it was gonna end like this and uh-huh. go off and live your life sammy it's always been you it's always been all about you i've, I've done what i've done only for you my life is all about you mm-hmm. you 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 yeah i'm fading fast let me talk for but, five more but not minutes. that fast but yeah it's all been for you i'm so glad that i could give my life having raised you into the wonderful man that you are and it doesn't matter that this is how I die because this is how I was always going to die but you you're the important one who needs to live and that's always been my purpose is to make sure that you live 
And then he does eventually, mercifully, die. (laughs) And then what happens? Because death isn't the end on Supernatural, right? It isn't. So he goes to heaven. And all of our characters have been to heaven multiple times as well. So many times, yep. Just FYI. Uh, and he meets Bobby there, their their old friend and oh, father Bobby. figure. Bobby is who their father should have been, man. He, it's true. He's the one who who tried to raise them when their dad was not around. Love Bobby. I'm never upset seeing Bobby. Mm-mm. And Bobby explains to Dean that you know this is new heaven. Yeah, they've they've re- changed things up a bit. Old heaven, you were just reliving your memories, your best memories. Yes. New Heaven is uh, a place where everyone lives and is dead, but (laughs) together. They don't really live. So, like, it's basically life, uh, but I guess without the people that annoyed you in your real life. But really, you die, and then it's just, like, everyone that you loved is there, hanging out also. And then you just sort of, like, go on as you would have done if you were alive and natty who who made this changes to heaven so that well, heaven I mean, could be the way it is right because clearly it needed a lot of changes and only an expert could have made this happen so jack is god as we know all powerful mm-hmm. so clearly <laughs> like jack is involved if anyone's reorganizing heaven it's jack bobby mentions that jack did not do it alone however he brought Cass out of the empty to help him come up with the new architecture for heaven. Because, I mean, if anyone would know how heaven should be, it's our angel friend Cass, right? True. But this also tells us an important piece of information, right? Which is, oh, Jack, of course, is capable of bringing Cass back. Not only capable, but he's done it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, isn't that a cool surprise? Cass is, I mean, I guess we'll say alive, whatever that means. He's in heaven. He's back from the empty. He's around and you know who else is in heaven our boy dean he's there Uh in heaven and also Cass is in heaven and the two of them are in heaven separately but there they are both in heaven and dean's reaction to bobby telling him that Cass is not only alive but also in the same plane of existence as him now is what a small smile oh but i mean also he he's like oh my god Cass is here i have to go see him immediately right like he says that no uh he says like oh i'm so glad that Cass is alive i didn't think that there was anything that could bring him back from the empty but clearly jack has done it and i'm so grateful and even though i'm not ready to see Cass yet because i haven't fully processed my emotions i will certainly be seeking him out as soon as i know how to respond to his confession of love because like what a wild thing to leave unresponded to now that i know that he's alive right he says that uh no uh so like what does he do if he doesn't go find Cass. Says, I'm going to go for a drive. And he gets in the Impala and starts driving. Now, it's, I guess it's also worth mentioning, right, that Cass is alive or back from the empty or whatever. And he he doesn't seek Dean out at any point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's too embarrassed. Yeah, I could see there being a world where, I mean, that's kind of a heavy thing to drop on your best friend right before you die. You also know, like, Dean might be a little bit mad about the whole dying thing because he doesn't tend to take it well when you die right in front of him it's like kind of an emotional strain and like oh who knows what he's gonna say like does he like you too like yeah god that's you know embarrassing and maybe he just like well wait a second for dean to i guess he figures they're going to be in eternity together for it is after all 
eternity, yes. But still, probably more on Dean of like, we still don't really understand how he's reacted Mm -hmm. to Cass's confession at all. It seems Mm -hmm. like it didn't happen. Like, like he maybe after five eighteen ended, a shelf fell on his head or something like a book, like a heavy book. Oh my! Oh, he's lost his memories. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. Um, wow, it's gonna be very interesting then when he and Cass run into each other, and Cass is like, "Oh, you got anything to to say about that thing that I said to you?" And Dean's like, "What thing that you said to me? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. A heavy book fell on my head after the empty took you." <laughs> Yeah, so he goes on a drive because, as we've said, other than pie, the only thing that he loves is his car. Takes a drive right through heaven for uh, some decades, several decades of time, just driving his car through heaven. And while he's doing this, what's happening down on Earth? Okay, before we get to that, and I'll admit... This mm. is a nitpick, but as I was watching the episode, increasingly, it's, not a nitpick, it's crucially important. <laughs> increasingly incredulous about what was and wasn't happening. You know, all the things start to bother you. So as he's going for his drive, of course, the you know iconic. It's not you know a song for supernatural, but it's associated with supernatural very deeply at this point. He's driving to carry on my wayward son. Yes, this is a song that has been used repeatedly for this show. They use it for their like, you know, clips they put together at the end of the season. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah. they they always would use this to make like a montage. It's highly associated with the show. This is a song of this show, Carry On My Wayward Son. So how do they use it for full effect in the finale? Yeah. So he's he's driving to your traditional Carry On My Wayward Son. And then as you were implying, we, we switch back down to earth to, to see what's happening with Sam. <laughs> and Carry On My Wayward Son transitions into a cover of Carry On My Wayward Son for the part on her. And I was like, I guess what? The original Carry On My Wayward Son is the heavenly version. And then the cover is the more earthly version. You have yeah, to it's almost like a minor key cover. But like, either just play the song twice or like, don't play the song twice. <laughs> Like one of the two. <laughs> Add some sort of solo in the middle to just make the song longer. I don't know. Or take a break in between play. Just don't back. They were they were literally back to back. <laughs> it was like, what is happening? Well, I think that really set the tone for this weird fucking stuff going on on Earth. Like you're listening to this strange bad mirror version of Carrie on My Wayward Son as you are seeing what happened with Sam on Earth. So presumably Sam stops hunting after Dean's death. Because really, I guess that's what he's always wanted for himself, even though in the past several seasons, that has clearly not been the case and he had no intention to leave the life. But the implication is the only thing keeping him hunting was the fact that Dean was alive. And now that Dean is dead, he's free to go live the life he always wanted out of the hunting world. Which is also interesting, right? Because again, we have a character who we have seen throughout the course of the show fight to bring people back from the dead regardless of the person's wishes or what they said when they were dying yep. and very similarly to dean with Cass, sam is just like i guess dean and Cass are dead now there's nothing anyone has ever done about this nothing to do to be i don't know if to be fair is the right phrase i do think there's an undercurrent to dean's speech 
that's kind of like this is my final death he definitely is conveying to sam like this is the end for me no need to belabor things like i'm done now but yeah when have they ever listened to each other before that's the key problem is they've told each other multiple times don't bring me back and the only difference between then and now is the show is over and apparently they know that they they know to modify their behaviors because this is the last episode of the show yes so in sam's montage we see him with a small child who is wearing a a pair of overalls that have dean embroidered i cannot he labels the child dean so that we will know in the montage that he has named his son dean giant letters that say dean on these little kids overalls who would dead that Honestly, is dangerous because that's a good way to get your kids stolen because someone will be like, oh, a Dean, Dean, come over here. And the kid <laughs> will respond because he's three years old. Don't put your kid's name on their clothes. You got to put your kid's name on your clothes. You put it on the inside, right? You put sure. it on the tag so that it doesn't get switched with the other kid's clothes. But yes. you definitely don't just give your kid a permanent name tag in the form of giant embroidered letters. You're going to get your kid kidnapped. It's bad. It's bad for multiple reasons. Don't do that. Um, and then after we see him with the kid, we see him at, at home with uh-huh. also still with the kid. And and then I guess we see his, and, his I mean, wife. Eileen's there, right? Eileen's his wife. Because Eileen's been his love interest for the last season or two. And there's been all sorts of interesting stuff going on with them narratively about like him helping bring her back from the dead. And then her living through the Chuck stuff with them and, and being the parallel for Dean and Cass of the like, I just don't know what's real anymore. And then they kiss and then he's like, we're what's real. And then like, clearly they're supposed to be together forever. Right. Because I mean, like what a lovely, he's found a hunter. They talk many times about wanting to find someone in the life. Cause they don't ever anticipate having this perfect picket fence life, but maybe someone who understands what you do, the two of them could be happy together. Right. So like it's got, it's Eileen. Eileen's the woman who's, who he's married to. Yes. Maybe. She's very blurry. <laughs> she Sam's is a brunette. Blurry wife. Yeah, uh, she is a brunette. She has that going for her, I guess. We don't see that it's Eileen. But we don't see that it's not. We don't Eileen. see that it's not. It's a it's a Schrodinger's Eileen situation. It could be her. I don't think that anyone from the show has said that it is supposed to be her. But uh in our but heads what is canon? What is canon? In our heads, uh, it's definitely her, right? Why wouldn't it be her? So we're seeing Sam's whole life here, right? Like things are speeding by. We're seeing everything that's happening. The kid, the wife, he's getting older. How are they portraying him getting older? So this was one of the things I really saw from this episode before I watched it. And and still I couldn't believe it. And in uh, motion, I couldn't believe it. So they're aging Sam up through time. And the first time we see him being noticeably older, they have given him... The worst wig I've ever seen on television. It's so bad. It's the fakest wig that's ever happened. I don't, first of all, Sam is known for his long hair, but I don't really understand why they didn't just like have him cut it. Like it would make sense to me for him to get older and then cut his hair. Cause well, especially if he's out of the life, I don't know what he's doing for a living, but exactly. He might've switched to a more conventional hairstyle to fit in with whatever his more conventional life is now. And maybe that would have helped them find like a, for lack of a better term, less shitty wig. Um, (laughs) Perhaps if that were an option, they could have had a wig that didn't look like complete garbage because it seems yeah. like the only wig available that had long gray hair uh 
Party City again. It was bad. It was real bad. Yeah, Party City is fully responsible for the last (laughs) episode of the show. Now, to give them credit where it's due, if such a thing exists in this world, COVID definitely affected the filming of this final episode. I know that they had to delay filming. I know that they came back in a world where they were under a lot of different rules. They probably weren't allowed to have their makeup artists or hair people on set as much as they would have liked because there are all kinds of rules about making sure your actors aren't interacting with people. I I think it's probably safe to say that Jared might have put that wig on his own head. Sure. It's still a bad wig. They could have ordered a better wig. It's so bad. Um... (laughs) Let's also talk about the other ways they age him up. They, yeah. they well, want to give him- when he wears the wig, uh, they seemingly have not really done anything to his face. The wig is selling the whole story of. Well, they the also give man. him a, a bit of a, a an old man beard, which mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, is just like a bit of it, like it looks like a hobo beard. I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. Like if you were casting a child in a play to play a hobo and they do that darkening they do on child actors to give them beards, that's what yes. they've done to him. Yes. And I don't understand why having like a stubbly beard makes you look old. Like he didn't need to have any kind of, like it's very unnecessary. Well, because if they had makeup artists, they would have given him some wrinkles, right? Like that's what would have sold old. Yeah. But like, can't Jared? I don't know what the time frame is. No one, on, no one who's can be near Jared can watch a YouTube video on how to draw wrinkles on. Those must exist. You would think, like, make Jensen fucking do it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he looks bad. He looks really bad. But that's not the end of of this montage. He eventually does end up in in a like a hospital bed. So I think it's at home. In like a you know he's clearly yeah. dying sort of situation. Dean, the child, is now an adult, and he's here at Sam's bedside telling him, you know, like, you can go now. You've lived your long life, and, you know, I release you, basically. Um, And Sam dies. So Sam's lived his whole life. Um, While Sam's been living this whole life, what's been going on with Dean in heaven? He's been driving. Yeah, the whole time. The whole time he's been driving. But he does finally reach a destination. Mm -hmm. He gets to a bridge that I guess is supposed to be a significant location for the two of them. And uh, he gets out and he looks into the beautiful heavenly wilderness. And Sammy shows up. What Dean's been waiting for this whole time because Dean's heaven wouldn't be complete without Sam. Because as we learned in his eight minute speech, goodbye, Sam's what his whole life has been about, right? So that's why he's just in stasis the whole time that Sam's living. And now that Sam is here, he can finally do heaven stuff, I guess. So they have another scene where it's like, you're here. You're here. I love, love you, life. bro. Love you. Hope you didn't die too soon. Nah, I lived the whole thing. Eh, great. That's exactly what I wanted for you. And uh, I guess everything's wrapped up, right? Like, what more could we need? Uh, that's not it, though. We get one more beat. Yeah, so this is... I, Maddie, you do watch more TV than I do now. I've never seen a show 
end quite like the show ends. You know, I haven't either. This okay. was a, this was a fresh one for me. I know this is a show. They've been on a long time. They care deeply about the the family of people that make the show, particularly mm-hmm. their crew. This is a show unconventionally that has kept crew members for basically the whole run of the show, which is a thing that does not really happen on long-running television because people who crew for television tend to be the type of people that take a lot of different jobs all the time, move around, switch shows a lot. And I know that on this show, they've kept a lot of core people for a long time. And I guess they felt like they needed to show their appreciation for these people that have helped them make the show over the last 15 years. And um, I can think of a lot of ways that might've been done. Maybe some social media posts about how much they loved the crew some pictures with them, some some delightful video messages about how much they love them. Perhaps even I've seen shows do like a little mini documentary after the yeah. final episode where they talk about the process of making it. And you could have talked about the crew and interviewed them and showed the process of, of making the show because clearly that's very important to you. That would have been fun. Yes, I would have enjoyed that a lot. Um, is that what they did though? No, they decide to take up the last couple of minutes of, of runtime of the the actual finale where we should at the end, you know, have our final catharsis with Jensen and Jared addressing the camera, yes. thanking us for watching for 15 years. Yep. And then the camera pulls out and everyone waves from the bridge. And that's the end of the show. It was weird. Uh, it was a weird moment for me. I hadn't seen anything like that before. I felt it took me out a little bit from the narrative of the show. Part of what I found confusing about it is not just the breaking of the fourth wall, but the fact that it took place on the same bridge as the final scene of the show made it a little bit confusing because it's almost like um, you're watching the show and then Sam and Dean turn to the camera and become Jared and Jensen and then start talking to you as themselves. It was weird. (laughs) How did you feel about it? Yeah. Also, right, to your point, like... This this is not like a oh their their bridge. They could have cut to the bunker and done something nice, like somewhere where we really know the show has its heart. If they wanted to do this, yeah, it felt like they didn't have enough episode for the episode runtime, and then they were like, oh boy, which what are we gonna do with these? Is two an odd problem for a series finale because I feel like you usually have you know who a lot to deal with wrap up. We're usually running out of time uh, in the finale, but. But to be fair, everything was so satisfactorily wrapped up. Correct. That, you know, there was nothing left to do. I mean, I I struggle in my mind to think of what they might have used two minutes of screen time for. I definitely didn't have any lingering questions or or bits of the narrative that hadn't been neatly wrapped up. So I think they were right because what, what what else is there to do with that time? So that's the finale. (laughs) That's the last three episodes and that's the finale. It sure is. It sure is the final episode of this show that we have watched a lot of episodes of. Spent a lot of time watching episodes of this show. I believe there were something like 327 episodes of it. Which is an, a not insignificant amount of time to spend. It's a lot of, a lot of with time. With some characters. Especially when you've watched some episodes more than once. Maybe you've 
spend a little bit of time on Tumblr reading people's meta about the show or, you know, looking at some some GIF sets and being like, ah, oh, I loved that moment. Wasn't that a fun time? Maybe you spend a little bit of time reading some fan fiction. I've spent a little time reading some fan fiction for this show. I feel like I've lived with these characters for a lot of hours uh, at this point. Yeah. This is the end of it. <laughs> so... I guess before we get to our reactions, yeah. what was the general reaction from, like, quote unquote, the public when this aired? Well, as you pointed out, I this is a term I've learned, mm-hmm. the Bybros yeah. or the Bronleys. The, the Bronleys, yep. Uh, Loved it. Big fan. It's hugely brother-centric. Um, yeah, so so the Bybros and the Bronleys, the folks that watch the show for the brothers, they're all about the brothers. The brothers are the most important part of the show. I would say somewhat unsurprisingly, were barely satisfied by this episode. They got what I think a lot of them think is sort of the, the core of the show, which is the brother relationship above all others. Maybe even like a, a monster of the week. I think a lot of people think that this show at its heart is a monster of the week show. Even as the show got more and more into season-long arcs as it went on and and away from Monster of the Week episodes, I think there are definitely people who still think, like, what's a Supernatural episode? It's a Monster of the Week. So they got that. They got, I guess a lot of people thought it was a fitting ending for Dean to, to die on a hunt because so many times on the show, Dean has said things to the effect of, like, of course I'm going to die on a hunt, right? Like, that's how all hunters die. So I think people were like, yeah, they said it and then they did it. I guess that makes sense. Sam got to to live a nice long life. I think people who love Sam were pretty happy about... Sam girls? Yep, that ending for him. He got to, to leave the life, which is, I, I guess, what people think he's always wanted to do. Interesting, because then I, I think he must feel a... a a certain type of way about what's been happening to him for the last many seasons of the show never deciding to leave the life and to stay being a hunter all these years uh but those are uh, you know questions i have that i maybe would ask you but you don't need to answer them um <laughs> so yeah i think some people were pretty satisfied which is to be expected yes. you know you're gonna have a mix of reactions to literally everything. of course i think maybe that we didn't talk about this in the outline but there is a sort of type of gen viewer that casually watches probably doesn't even see every episode tuned in to see how the show was going to wrap up because they'd watched some episodes over the years i think a fair amount of them were probably like yeah cool (laughs) seems fine right like yeah brothers i know there's brothers the brothers are there and heaven heaven's good right like people like to be in heaven so that's cool ending absolutely probably fairly satisfying for that group of viewers as well there is a third group of viewers that I would say were not as pleased. <laughs> and these were the the Tumblr folks, the Destiel mm-hmm. shipper folks, the fanfic writer folks. I guess not the Wincest fanfic writer folks. Um, sure. But certainly the, the large portion we discussed last time that is writing the Destiel fic, what was it, like 40%? Mm-hmm of the fic a big chunk of the fandom but just generally like the tumblr crowd is how i will describe them uh were 
I don't know if shocked is the right word because I think a lot of people were disappointed but not surprised. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. But yeah, there were a lot of more negative reactions out there. And I, I, we don't have to speak for those people because we can speak for ourselves. What were our reactions? Well, I will say, Maddie, it seems like we're running a, a little long again. I think you're right. Maybe we should get into our reactions in a part three. I think we might have to go there. We might have to part three this sucker. Since we're running long and, you know, we don't want to cut ourselves short, there's going to be a ton to say about our thoughts and everything else having to do with the finale. Let's leave it for next time. In the meantime, again, I don't know that anyone will catch us before we record the finale. Probably not, because I think we're going to just get into it right now. Uh, (laughs) If you do have any thoughts of your own, want to continue this conversation, you got questions, you got comments, you got concerns. To be honest, nobody's ever reached out with concerns, but feel free. Email us at ltbkpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Tumblr at ltbkpod. If you are enjoying this, tell a friend, particularly a Supernatural watcher. And new episodes of the pod come out every other Friday at 6 o'clock Eastern, wherever you get your podcasts.